0: Creativity goes beyond a pencil and a paintbrush. Hello creative people and welcome to I Am Creative. My name is Hollis Citron and we are so happy that you have chosen to spend your time with us. So what are we doing here? We are really diving into this word creativity and what it means. In all of the conversations that I have had, nobody has ever defined creativity as drawing or painting. People have defined creativity as your soul's essence, that magic spark, how you show up in the world. What my true mission is, is to really expand this definition and allow people to be able to see themselves in it. Because when people see themselves in this definition, when they've never been told that they fit inside of it, they stand up straighter. They feel like they have something to offer the world and basically are happier humans. So, these conversations are structured on three questions. One, how do you define creativity? Two, how do you incorporate it into your life? And three, why do you think that it's important? So, let's just dive right in. So, my inspiring guest for today is Maureen Kafkas. She is a doctor of occupational therapy, a certified life coach, and an expert on brain BS. Her mission is to motivate humans to learn how to live consciously and approach life in a collaborative way where we all support one another and raise the vibration of the planet together. What a concept, Maureen. Welcome to the space. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Looking forward to our conversation. I can't wait to see what what unravels in this conversation. And I know we're going to start with something exciting, which in finding out, could you please, Maureen, share
1: some kind of a fun fact about yourself? Okay. Um, it's so hard to pick just one. You can do two if you want. Okay. Um, well, one is okay. I have it. I have it. All right, I have two. <laughs> okay. The one is I grew up in Youngstown, Ohio, big sports fan. Always loved the Cleveland Browns as my hometown team, except yeah. when the Miami Dolphins were undefeated. And I was like 10 years old, and I always wore my Bob Greasy number 12 football jersey. And everyone uh, thought I was a boy because I had short hair. Okay. I still remember every number on that team and the players' names. So crazy. I don't I just show I just did it um in a shuttle in Ohio with the driver, and they were talking about the dolphins, and they thought I was so amazing. So it finally paid off. So okay. that's a fun fact. And I'm number nine out of ten. A lot of people think that's fun. I mean, that's just my life, but so I have um nine brothers and sisters also.
0: So how many? Okay, so first I I want to address the dolphins thing. So is this something that you studied a lot? Like, did you like, or were you just always paying so much attention it just kind of sunk in or whatever?
1: I guess. I have no idea why I remember that team and all their numbers, but it's the craziest thing. Um, If you look at human design, it's actually in my design that I would be good at Mm -hmm. remembering numbers, Mm -hmm. but I sucked at math. So I'm not really sure how Mm -hmm. I just, yeah, I just remember those, can't remember what I had for lunch yesterday, but I remember my <laughs> Dolphins football team. Because
0: she cared. It was something you cared about.
1: I guess, yeah.
0: So, yeah. and then the other one. So, you're nine and ten. So, how many ahead of you as far as brothers and sisters?
1: I'm number nine out of ten. So, yeah. um, eight were yeah. ahead of me. And I have a uh, brother, Pat. He's an Irish twin. We're less than a year apart. Okay. Yeah. So, there's... Um, Wait, ten, an Irish girls, twin? Wait, yeah, they wait, call wait. them Irish twins because the mom gets pregnant so fast again <laughs> and it's in the same year. That's oh, what you God. call it. Irish twin when you're born in the same year. Fun fact, everybody. I never heard of that. <laughs> there you go. I'm glad I delivered.
0: <laughs> so, okay. So that and then how many brothers? Is there four brothers in there?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And since we're doing this, I might as well go all the way. Trudy, Judy, Peggy, Donnie, Tommy, Annie, Sue, Mike, Moe, and Pat. In the neighborhood I grew up in, everybody had big families, so we had contests from oldest to youngest, <laughs> saying their names the fastest, so I'm really fast at that, too. Okay, hey, do that again, please. Trudy Judy, Peggy, Donnie, Tommy, Annie, Mike, Sumo and Pat. My God. Yeah. She is talented, everybody. This is why I'm so inspiring. <laughs> so many skills.
0: <laughs> okay, so here we go. We're going to segue right into... The first official official question, which is, Maureen, how do you define creativity?
1: So I was thinking about this, and I would have totally answered this different at different times in my life. I would have a a completely different response. But I was thinking about it today. I think it's how I express myself and present myself to the world on a daily basis.
0: How you express yourself to the world on a daily basis. Mhm. Thank you for pointing out the fact that it changes the definition. Because I think that's just really important for people to hear that when as we're having these anytime we do anything it's it's momentary. It's it's things are in flux, things are in flow. It's going to change, it should change. I mean certain things are going to stay the same, but in this case it's this definition because as we grow and as we expand then our perception is going to change. So I just really like how you prefaced it with that, that um, it's how you express yourself to the world daily.
1: Yeah, I would have, um, before I would have thought it was related to creative writing when I was in high school, because I was in a creative writing class Mm -hmm. and then all my English classes in college and stuff. So I always associated writing with creativity. I've always been very bad at drawing and painting. So um, I would, I didn't think I was a good artist, but I could still be creative in what I was doing.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: yeah, I think um, now I realized like, it was kind of fun to think about preparing for the interview because it got me thinking about all the ways that I am actually creative on a, on a regular basis. And I never thought to think of it that way, but that's actually what it is.
0: Oh my gosh, I love it. That's what this space is about. It's so energizing every time. Because it truly is. It's it's in doing this for so many years and in having hearing all of these different definitions. But I can't tell you how many times people have said, I've never thought about it. Even the people who, quote unquote, are people societally see as actors or visual artists or musicians who fall under this category societally um, with this word creative. And they're like, you know what? I've never thought about it. So it's really applied to everybody. Mostly everybody said I've never really thought about it. It either has just come to me, or I haven't seen myself in the space, so I never really thought about it because I wasn't in the definition.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't think. Um, I don't think people look inward a lot. I mean, I some do, um, but if you're not doing the work where it takes you inward to learn more about yourself. I I don't think people realize um, how fluid that is and how it's actually possible and things that you might think are factual about yourself aren't. And when you um, discover that you're capable of doing anything and whatever you want, that's when you have to tap into creativity big time to make it happen.
0: Yeah, to make it happen.
1: So can you please
0: take us on a little journey of Maureen? So wherever you want to start, I know this is kind of a broad question, but Please tell us about, um, I know that in the intro I said uh, that you're a doctor of occupational therapy, you're a certified life coach, but you've done a lot. There's a lot to you besides just those two things that I said. So can you please take us on a little bit of a journey about who you are and how you've gotten to where you are now?
1: Okay, so I call myself the Brain BS Coach and Brain BS is subconscious and unconscious programming. So I learned a few years ago, I read Eckhart Tolle, A New Earth, and it got me thinking differently about life. I read all the self-help books over the years, and I knew a lot about psychology. And I like I could have a conversation with anyone about it, hold my own and appear very insightful. And like I knew what I was talking about, mm-hmm. but I wasn't really applying it to my life. And then when I read A New Earth, that kind of took everything to a deeper level because it brought spirituality into it. And, and when that happened, I kind of brought psychological and spiritual together, and I call it spiropractical intelligence. Mm -hmm. So it's about learning, taking all those things that you learn from all kinds of different places and integrating them, and actually applying them to your life. So I mean, I'm 60 years old, so I, I could go on and on about where I was before, But just to give you an idea, like at the beginning of my 50s, I didn't know how to use a computer. I couldn't turn it on when I went to college for in an online course when I didn't even know how to use a computer. So I will say I've always been drawn to do things that terrify me Mm. and scare me. Um, I'm not sure if that's always a good thing or a bad thing. I've come to realize Um, in the last couple of years that it's a good thing if my nervous system can support it. Not so much if I'm pushing myself too far out of my comfort zone and um, I'm going to cause myself a nervous breakdown or something, Mm -hmm. which I've done. Um, But yeah, so I think for me, I've decided, like I've come to the conclusion that if you can empower people to live consciously, and I created a course to teach people how to do that. And then I created a community so people can, With a like minded mission, can talk to each other, support one another, help each other out. And if you do that and then you bring the collective together, that I honestly think that's the solution to our world problems today. I was watching a thing on television this morning and they were talking about Israel and Hamas and the Palestinians. And the guy's like, Yeah, but how are we ever going to change? Um, the way people are thinking how are we going to get to the root of the problem and I was raising my hand in my room I know I know the ABS community can tell you how to do that because it really is the answer but nobody thinks it because they can't believe that one person could have so much power but if every one person comes together it yeah. really will so that's that's kind of where I'm at now I'm sort of like on a, a mission and that's where my creativity is being challenged um, these days. Is that, was that enough for you?
0: That's, there's so much that you said in that. And I want to address the fact of, again, just pointing out this whole thing of pushing yourself, of being able to challenge yourself. You've always noticed this about yourself. Mm-hmm. And there is something, and I appreciated what you said about if your nervous system can support it, because there is a balance. There's that point where some people hold themselves back out of fear because they're like, I don't want to. I could fail. What are people going to think? Blah, 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 blah. So that's kind of, that does something to your nervous system too, even when you stay stagnant and when you don't do anything, but then when you're like willing to be like push and be like, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this. I'm scared to death. At times that's really good because you're pushed out of your comfort zone for sure. And you're learning. And, but there is a point that you do acknowledge at times too, where your nervous system is not being supported and it really is
1: It screws you up. You know when that is most likely to happen? When you're moving forward, doing what somebody else is telling you to do Mm -hmm. and not doing what authentically feels correct to you. So the mind-body connection is huge because you have to listen to your body. So I pace myself. I'm literally pacing myself towards Mm -hmm. success because I tried this a few years ago and I started to be successful right off the bat and I freaked out and my nervous system couldn't support it. So I went inward I did all the work, I reprogram my subconscious and unconscious, I'm also want to enjoy my life. So I want to make a difference. And I want to help a lot of people. But I also want to enjoy my day to day life and have a high vibration and a high frequency so that I can have a positive impact on the people around me. So typically, whenever we think we're in a huge hurry to do something that's always brain BS. The urgency there's like, so, but then if you don't do that and you don't feed into that, you really have to trust and trust is huge. I mean, to really trust would mean that every day you wake up and you're just like, Oh, okay. So I'm not quite there yet. I don't know about you, Hmm. but I'm working towards really trusting myself and other people in the process. The universe is backing me as long as I'm staying aligned and I'm doing stuff from my higher self, I know that somehow it's going to pay off. It might not look the way I think it's going to, but it comes to me in so many different ways.
0: Right. There is the beauty in all of that where it's, when you don't know what it's always going to look like. You may have an intention and it may get there with the whole zigzagging route and end up being something else. But you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't know. I didn't know it was going to be that, but this is amazing. And maybe it took a little bit longer. And maybe I had, like you said, maybe I had to go inside a little bit more to be able to breathe, to be able to work on myself, whatever that is. Because it's true that urgency, I do that. I I definitely, I'm kind of like, okay, got to do it. And at times that feels really good and has paid off. But other times it's kind of like, okay, not everything, not everything can have the same urgency.
1: Right. You can tell by the way it feels in your body. That's exhausting. Productive and it's good. It feels like it feels different. It feels energized and it feels like, you know, you're on a mission. But then when it starts to get like that, like I could just feel it right now talking about it. That like shield that you get from your neck to your solar plexus where it's like, you know, and you're like, oh, I got to get it done now. That means I have to step away from a computer. I, if I spend too much time on the computer or doing technology stuff, doing my courses and stuff, it's like my body's this, no, oh, stop, stop. So I just have to stop and walk away for sometimes a day, sometimes a couple of days. I have to completely take my mind off what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And then I come back. Like I was just away for a couple of days in my hometown, mm-hmm. came back. And now I'm getting all this stuff done because I'm rejuvenated and I'm replenished and I'm, um, ready to go. I have to, I have to take little breaks and it's not a problem if I don't make it one. How was your trip by the way? Oh, so I went, I'm going to be going West for the winter and I'm not going to see my family who's in Ohio. So I wanted to go see them. And I have an aunt and uncle that's in their nineties and I wanted to make sure I saw them before I went. And I never usually go there on a Monday to a Wednesday, like almost never in my life, except when my parents were sick. It was always on the weekends and having so many brothers and sisters. It was always a big party and there was a bunch of us around. Mm -hmm. So I went on Monday, arrived to the hotel and it was like a freaking ghost town. And I'm like, oh, my God, what have I done? Like, is this a good idea? But my intuition told me to go. Mm -hmm. Ended up having a great visit with my sisters the next day. Great visit with my aunt and uncle. There's a beautiful park there. It's fall. Mm -hmm. It's spectacular. The trees on the way there. It was amazing. And then I stopped at the cemetery. This is what surprised me the most about the trip. Stopped at the cemetery. My mom died in 2005 and my dad like eight years ago. So it's been a while since I went to the cemetery and started crying. I just, I I love them, but I'm not like the kind of person that can't go on after someone dies. Like I I can be kind of pragmatic about that because I still have an energetic connection with them. And I talk to them and feel them all the time. Right. Maybe that's why it's not as hard for me. Mm-hmm. But on this trip, e- even as I was pulling into the cemetery, I started bawling and I'm like, what is going on? And I went to their grave, was crying. And I was just like, Okay. Apparently, I needed to be here. And I needed to cry because I rarely find myself there alone. So I cried. And then it was like getting heavy. So then I can't believe I'm telling this on a podcast, but I posted it (laughs) on social media. My dad's song was um, Sweet Caroline. And at his 80th birthday party, we played that, and it was we had a musician, and it was a blast. So I played "Sweet Caroline" at the gravesite. There was nobody else in the cemetery, and I mean, I didn't just play it; I sang it at the top of my lungs. There was nobody around, and then I did "Carmen Ohio" from the Ohio State Marching Band because we're big Buckeye fans. And my mom sang that as a lullaby when we were little. Aww. And hey, "Hang On, be So I had this whole experience, and then in the car heading back to the airport, I was like. What was that all about? But then I heard there's, I'm not really big on the transits and all that stuff. But somebody said that there's going to be things that happened a long time ago that you think you put to rest and you think you you dealt with all of it. Yeah. And I realized when I went back there that there were still some emotions in me that I needed to let go of and so that I can move on to the next chapter in my life and, and just love them and be so grateful for them. And I'm totally back to that that space of, you know, just being so grateful. I grew up in the family I did. Wow. Thank
0: you so much for sharing all that. There's so much power in all that. And first of all, I want to like, acknowledge the word intuition that you said, Um, because you said you didn't know why you did this. You'd never done it before, but obviously your intuition, Again, you're listening to yourself, you're tapped in, you know who you are, and you were willing to listen to yourself and not second guess yourself. And then you end up here and then these experiences and when, when you said singing out loud, like at the top of your lungs kind of thing, that's almost to me like it's like a scream. It's like a it's, it's 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 you're you're expressing you're getting it out, you're getting it's it's not locked in and it feels so good. There's such a freeing feeling in that of just letting it out and you're honoring them and acknowledging them and then opening up this space, it's just, it's
1: just beautiful. Well, speaking of the the singing and the yelling, so then I get in the car and for the life of me, I can't get that music off my my phone that's tied into the Bluetooth. So I end up getting all these songs about America. And on um, the Lee Greenwood song and stuff. So I was in the car screaming at the top of my lungs and singing. And it was, it was like it's, it needed to come out like yeah. all the rage and all the fear and all the anxiety of when I was taking care of my dad. And I was so anxious and nervous around him. It came from so deep. And it was just like I let it all go. It was amazing. It ended up being a really great trip. And it's
0: probably, I mean, I don't know. It can always be taken in many ways. Like, it's just funny that it wouldn't, you couldn't get it off your phone. So sometimes there's, and ladies and gentlemen, you know, whatever you believe in, I don't know, I'm going to tell a very quick story of like, when we visited my dad's grave, I was standing there with my daughter and my mom and actually, actually my family was there. Um, My husband and some were there too. And as we're there, I said, dad, if you're here, can you please show us a sign and as we're driving home, his song is actually called "A Sweet Dreams, the rhythms Oh. So anytime we hear that, that's a sign from him. I said, could you please play Sweet Dreams on the radio, specifically on one of these two stations when we're going home? And then I'll know that you were there. Not that long, but it's like 40 minutes. Anyway, we're going home. Earpods were in for the kids. My husband was asleep. I was driving. 10 minutes from home and sweet dreams comes on the radio. Oh! And I just was like, I screamed out to everybody. I'm
1: like, it's- <laughs> <That's> <laughs> odd. I just got total goosebumps. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's powerful. Like
0: confirmation. It was like confirmation. Okay. What are the chances that on B one Oh one at that time it would be on? I mean, it can be explained in many ways, but I asked, I asked him to show me a sign. Yeah. I love it. So So since you mentioned your trip, there's a lot of power in the trip that you're taking. Can you please give people a little bit of a backstory with this trip of of how it got, how the seed got planted and what you're doing and where you're going?
1: Yeah. So like I said, I just turned 60 using that as a catalyst for many, many things. Um, Good timing for me. But I used to, I didn't get married till I was almost 40. So I thought it was so exciting and fun to be married. So I like got really into being a homemaker and cooking and like doing all that stuff. And I was kind of over being an occupational therapist. And I was just like, you know, let's go shopping and do whatever. But it didn't take long for me to get bored. So I had this really long period of time where I wasn't doing anything. And, and I was stuck. And then it was that after my dad died that my intuition told me to go for my doctorate in occupational therapy. I had no intentions ever of doing that my entire life. And one day it was just like, and I was like, I just knew I was supposed to do it. And I was like, oh God, I got to tell Bob this. So I talked to him and that was sort of like the beginning of me transforming into who I am today, who's going on this trip. So over the last few years, I've learned to make myself a priority. I've learned that I'm like the lead role in my life. I'm not a supporting actress in somebody else's. And that's how I was living my life as a stepmom and someone who doesn't have her own children. Um, I was pretty much doing whatever my husband and the kids wanted, even though I didn't want to. So the resentment was building. I had a lot of issues. I thought everybody else was the problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but of course, it was me because I wasn't speaking up. I wasn't being authentic. I wasn't being honest. So flash forward to this year, and I had a brutally honest conversation with my family. I was shaking and sputtering, and it was the hardest thing I've ever done. But I was like, I don't want to live my life like this anymore. I want to be with all of you, but I need adventure. I need to do my own thing. I need to go off and go places and, and spend more time alone. And I really want to get into my business and I want to be all in, and I don't want to feel guilty. I don't want to feel bad. And it was hard for them to receive all that. Um, But it's the best thing that ever happened because of the energy that I did it with. It wasn't wishy-washy. Like I, I kind of mean this, but I kind of don't. It was like, I said, I'm willing to risk all my relationships I am not living consciously is my number one goal in life. And I have got to start living authentically and living life my way. So that included not going to bed at the same time as my husband. It included saying, no, I'm not folding your clothes. It gets on my last nerve on a daily basis. You fold your clothes. I'll still wash them. So it was like little things like that over a couple of years. And then this year we've had a house in California for 10 years. And then we're in Illinois also. We keep talking about how we're going to spend our winter in California. And every year, there's a reason why we can't, because my husband's still working and it's a family business. So after I had the conversation this year about how I was going to start doing what I needed to do to, to be happy, I told my husband, I'm going to take the dogs who are hate the car and I'm going to drive across the country with them, even though I'm afraid to drive on highways. And we're going to drive to California and we're going to go by ourselves. You can't come with. Well, that didn't get received very well at all. In fact, we fought about that almost, I don't know, for six months, uh, just up until a couple weeks ago where he finally realized I was doing it. And I told him, you're going to feel bad if something bad happens to me. And you're not being supportive of me. I said, my intuition, and it is, it's my intuition again. It's like, do it. Like you got to do it. I won't be the same person mm. who arrives to Santa Barbara as a person who pulls out in my driveway in <laughs> Illinois. It's going to change. My dogs aren't going to be the same either. Neither right. is my husband. Nobody is that knows Nobody me because it's going to have a ripple effect on everyone. So I was like, try, then I wanted to wing it. That was freaking him out. So I'm like, okay, I'll plan it because I kind of wanted to plan it too. hmm. But now talk about abundance and things coming back to you right like I haven't really started to sell the uh, mastering brain BS for success course in the community yet. So I've kind of been like in this wall and stuff so I'm not making um, very much money at all, which is fine because I'm pacing myself. But talk about abundance. Like today, I ended up meeting someone who's a coach online, and she was awesome. And she's just been to Amarillo, Texas, where I'm going, Santa Fe, Oklahoma City, all these places. We ended up talking. She gave me all these great ideas, and she's meeting me in Amarillo. And we're getting a cabin together and staying there, and we've never even met in person. Oh my God. <laughs> this is the stuff I used to do all the time. I can't tell you how fun it is at mm-hmm. 60 to know that I still have adventures and I can do this kind of stuff. My husband's like, are you nuts? And I'm like, no, I said, if this is all about it's an experiment and getting more comfortable being uncomfortable. So if it doesn't work out, I'm like, what greater way to work on being uncomfortable if it's awkward and I'm in a cabin with someone <laughs> I just them?" Right. So yeah, nice. so it's really exciting. Um, uh, I've got it all planned now. Most of it. I, I still have to get the places I'm going to stay at the end. Okay. Um, yeah, it's pretty, it, it does feel uh, super empowering. But I also wake up in the middle of the night sometimes and I'm scared and I get a little panicky and i knot not in my stomach and I just have to feel the feelings and do my whole process for um, feeling emotions and then I start to feel better again. So When you say the process of feeling emotions, what does that mean? Is that
0: kind of like climbing
1: a scale of emotions in a sense? What what does that mean? No. So I created this process. It's in my course and I call it fear. Mm -hmm. And F is for the feeling. So you pick the emotion that you think you're experiencing, um, but you could start on any line. And then E is to evaluate what is how it feels in my body, like everything about it in the way it feels in my body. And then A is to assess what do I do when I'm feeling that feeling like what does it keep me from doing? What does it cause me to do? Who do I avoid when I have that emotion? Like what is it creating for me? And then R is to reframe it. So anytime I feel an uncomfortable emotion, I always know it's a gift now. And I really believe that like I've been I've really um, embodied that. So when it comes up, I'm like, okay, so what is the gift in this? Like, why is this happening? And a couple years ago, like the example of my business, I, I didn't have a solid belief foundation in place. So when people started to complain about little things or not like things or somebody asked for their money back, I freaked out and I just fell apart because I wasn't emotionally ready to be doing what I was doing. I kept praying for clients and for money to prove that I knew what I was doing, but the universe won't give you what you can't handle. And it ended up being a huge gift because I went inward and I totally changed the way I'm doing everything. And I figured out how to do it authentically and from my heart, which is way better than the way people were telling me to do it.
0: Right. So much power in this. You hear this, everybody? So uh, let's kind of, so going back to your trip. So are you allotting for a certain amount of time to get there? Or is it just kind of like it takes as long as it takes? Well, because the holiday
1: is there. I did kind of have a vision of just it takes as long as it takes, but I am married. So <laughs> <laughs> I did I did want to keep my husband in mind. Um, but I I kind of fantasized about three weeks, but it's going to be two. But I think two is good. Too. And I there's not one day. This is driving men crazy. Whenever they talk to me about this trip, I'm only driving four to five hours tops every day. It drives them nuts. But they're like, "But you could get there so much faster if you drive more hours. You could do it. Just take a break and get back in the car." I'm like, "No, I'm doing this way. I want to do it. That's why Bob's not coming, right?" And on the same note, people will want to tell you, "Oh, you you could get raped." You could get killed. I can't tell you how many people tried to fear me out of going and doing it. And I'm just like, what? It, it's so crazy how people, like, I just don't live my life like that. Yeah. That's, yeah.
0: It's people putting their fears on you there from what they saw in the news, from an experience that they may have had from somebody, they may know somebody. I mean, it's just, it is, there's so much fear base and it is, it's so funny that you say that my husband and I drove cross country when, um, we first initially met. So we were only together for six months dating. And then he got accepted to grad school. I was in Philly. He was in Jersey. And then he got, we went to Cal, he went to California. So we drove cross country in the desert through the desert, obviously in the summertime in a Mitsubishi tread out with no air conditioning. So, oh. <laughs> so we thought we thought that there was a deadline. It's so funny when we've been together for like 33 years. So, in looking back on this, I can laugh and be like, "Oh my god, even then, he didn't ask. <laughs> he was he just assumed that we had to get there quickly. So, we kind of went fast. But then we got there and they're like, "Oh, you didn't have to be here for another week." I was like, "God damn it." <laughs> like, <laughs> we could have gone slower (laughs) and enjoyed Um, it, enjoyed the process um, more instead of just kind of rushing through, even though it was fun. But before we go into the next question, I want to address just what you said in, in this whole thing with having fears of, of facing it because you don't like to drive on the highway because the dogs don't like to be in a car. There's all these things that immediately would be like, well, I'm not doing that, but you are being like, okay, maybe this does make me nervous. And, but I will only drive four to five hours. It's going to be light out. It's not going to be dark. I'm going to be like, you can set the parameters. Yes. I'm taking
1: actions that my nervous system can support, right? If I had to drive at nighttime and I had to drive eight hours every day, then I would be freaking out more and I would be way more nervous. The way it is now, I have little waves of fear, but then I can get I can get past them. And it's almost like, you know, like a lot of times when you have a really big personal growth experience, it's because something bad happens, and it causes you to be really uncomfortable. I'm like creating this on purpose, because I feel like that could be really powerful, that I'm actually doing it to myself, because I want to evolve. And that that's going to send a message to the universe. And that, that, that that's gonna, like, I just feel like it's It's just like something I have to do. And I feel like I'm on the cusp of um, something that I've been wanting for a long time. And I just I don't know what it is. I'm just trusting that if I have this desire to go in the car across the country, given the situation, um, then I'm supposed to do it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You're listening to yourself. So exciting. I can't wait to hear about it.
1: Yeah, it should be fun. I mean, it'll be uncomfortable and all kinds of things, but I think it's going to be like, just like Memphis, right? I don't really, I'm not good at highways. We went to Nashville. We thought the signage was terrible. We were totally confused. So I'm like, okay, great. I'm driving to Memphis and I don't know where I'm going. So I always can get, but I, I could do that. I did that going to Ohio. I could do that going to a friend's house if I've never been there. Far. I always get a certain level of discomfort. It's not about making the discomfort go away. It's about not making the discomfort a problem and just letting it be there. Then it's not nearly as powerful. It's funny when you say, because
0: I don't love driving on highways either. And it seems, I don't know if it's because as I've gotten older, some kind of thoughts of mortality. I don't know exactly what it is. Even like I needed glasses for better eyesight when I'm driving. But there'd always been kind of an anxiety and especially when it was dark. So I had a job where I had to wake up really early to be able to get there and it was dark and it was on the highway. And it just was interesting because that helped me actually get over this discomfort and this fear that I had. So, and I could even like When I was halfway at the place, the sun started to come up and I could feel my nervous system being like, ah, because things happen at night. It's that thing about nighttime where things can kick up, where anxiety can kick up. All of a sudden your stomach starts hurting. You get that pain that you haven't had in forever. And it's nighttime. I don't know. It's kind of like that, that whole thing. As as soon as the sun came up, I was like, ah, and there was kind of an ease, but I was like, but I'm not stopping myself from not from doing it, I'm getting yeah. to this place.
1: I mean, I stopped myself from doing a lot of things when I was younger, especially like relationship wise. I was nervous about dating. I mean, that's probably why I didn't get married till 40. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really nervous. I didn't have confidence. I mean, I'm literally not even remotely the same person as I was in my twenties, thirties, forties or fifties. Like I I have changed mm-hmm. so much since those days. And, and I, I have to remind myself of that sometimes because, you know, with my business and stuff, I want it to be successful and I want to accomplish all this stuff. But when I look at back, look back at where I was before and where I am now and all the great relationships I have now, like I wanted girlfriends. I haven't had girlfriends in a long time. I haven't had people who I talk about this kind of stuff with. It's always just been, you know, I spent most of my time with my husband because he loves being with me. And, um and I just got used to it. And we would date um, other couples and, and, and then it was just like in the last couple of years too, that was another, I was like, no, I, I want friends. Yeah. I want to do things with friends and, and I want to be with my family sometimes without him there. Like it's create it's finding my independence again and like finding that free spirit that was in there before, because you kind of start doing things, especially a lot of women, we start doing things the way men want us to. Mm-hmm. And we don't even realize how much we're doing it. And then all of a sudden you wake up on your day and you're just like, oh, my God. Like I, I was really starting to feel like kind of trapped in like really stifled. I, I just felt like I was not doing anything the way I wanted to do it. Yeah. And it was it was too loud to ignore. I had to, mm. I couldn't. It, that's what it starts out like a whisper and then it gets louder and louder. And you, there's no way you can ignore it. Yeah,
0: which is a perfect kind of segue into this. And you've mentioned some things already, but I'm curious what you would add to it um, on how you
1: incorporate more creativity into your own life right now. Okay, so I think that I I looked at that when I think it, I mean, how I dress on a daily basis. Um, when I get dressed, it's more a feeling than what it looks like. Like if I put something on, even though it looks good in the mirror, it ha- I have to feel it.
0: It's the craziest
1: thing. It's definitely a feeling. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't feel comfortable and just right, I have to keep going till it does. And it doesn't usually take me. It's usually pretty easy. But that, right. um, how I wear my hair, if I wear makeup or I don't, those are all things that um come into my creativity on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And I think but the biggest thing I think right now that I'm learning, and this is the beginning of a big transformation for me, is how I spend my time getting more creative. I grew up in an Irish Catholic family and we partied a lot and I still like drinking wine and, um and, and partying, you know, to a degree, but I'm really at this point in my sixties, looking forward to getting more creative about how I spend my time on the weekends um, and in my relationships with other people where it centers less around that. And I'm really doing like some cool different stuff that, I never really. And I like this road trip is also an expression of creativity because I never would have even thought to do something like it this before because I just thought I was really bad at planning trips and road trips and I did. I was just so. It is amazing how we limit ourselves so much. Yeah.
0: Just when you said I thought I was bad at, I can't tell you how many times in my personal and, you know, um, work career and people say, well, I'm not good at that. I'm not, I'm not good at that. I can't. So when we have this thought that I'm bad at something, or that's not my cup of tea, that's not my, and certain things aren't, but -hmm. it's when it's coming from that energetic, you can hear it. You can hear it in somebody's voice. And a person knows when they feel it, when they're saying it, like they're trying to convince themselves because there's, that fear behind it Mm -hmm. like they really do want to do it but they were either told that they weren't good at it or that they don't dress well or that their hair is stupid or why would you wear your makeup that way or um whatever reason that it is people hold on to this stuff words are powerful the words that come externally are powerful and then the words, you know, that inner critic, that voice inside your head, that's the evil one that you should be saying you are not my friend. Like, nobody would talk to me like that. I would not be your friend. Never. But for whatever reason, we let we let ourselves talk to ourselves that way. But, um, yeah, just that. I thought I was bad at it.
1: Yeah, I thought I was bad at a lot of things. I mean, I never in a million years thought I could learn how to use a computer. And now I have a website, I have a podcast, and I do it myself. And I learned how to do it on my own. It's like amazing what um, I, I really, truly didn't think that was possible, that I could learn computers. And then when you start doing all these different things that you didn't think were possible, yeah, then you start to realize that there's really very little that's not possible within reason. If you have a desire to do it, I think it's because we're meant to do it. So how did you teach yourself? How did you learn? Did
0: you watch videos? Did you have people teach you? How how did you learn?
1: To do the computer? Yeah. Um, I know I signed up for an online program at school. So I had to, Oh my God. And I, When I tell you I was a basket case, those first, like the first year of classes, it was three years. That first year, every time we had to check in for class, I was terrified I wouldn't be able to get the computer to work and I would look stupid. Mm. It was all around what other people would think of me and that I would look ignorant, like I didn't belong there, like I wasn't smart enough, like I was too old. I mean, to talk about having that critic inside you, my critic was very, very, very hard on me. And, um, and I believed everything that the critic was saying. So like when people say they're bad at something, they actually don't realize it's optional. It's not factual that you're bad. It's, you think you're bad at it? And that's why you're not doing it.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. My gosh, the power in all of it. And I, the examples that you mentioned, again, this is exactly what this podcast is about. When you specifically pointed out in how do you incorporate more creativity into your own life, you didn't go to saying, which is fine when people do, you know, but, you know, I've decided to paint more or I've decided to, you know, incorporate these societal ideas. You said it's how I dress and it's that feeling. So it's understanding that it's that internal feeling. Does this make me feel good? Do I feel like, how do I feel? Not not just, oh, this looks like an amazing outfit. How do I feel? How do I want my hair to be? Do I want to put on makeup? Do I not want to put on makeup? These are all expressions. These are all ways that you show up in the world as you, Maureen, to be able to say, this is me today. We're, the world is a blank canvas every day. Like we wake up when we're lucky enough to wake up. It's a blank canvas.
1: Yeah, I definitely feel like there's like, and also like with my business and the way I brand myself and my messaging and everything, it's not like anybody else because it has to be authentic. Like everything creativity wise has to be authentic for me now, now that I understand the importance of it and I've uncovered my authentic self. Now it's super important to me that everything be connected to that, but I'm also trying to create things that nobody else I know is doing so there's nowhere for me to look at how to do it, like the, the, the whole picture of it. So I have to get creative yeah. in how I figure that out. And sometimes like my creativity is the way I meet people, the way I interact with people. And then I, I click with them. And then that person tells me how to do something that I needed to know how to do. So it's really creativity is like there all the time. It's just about it's like a, a frame of mind, sort of, don't you think? Where where you're not when you're are open to all the possibilities. Yes, that's that's good. where creativity is there. Otherwise, if you're just like in a rut and doing the same old, same old, you're not gonna realize that there's there you could be creative, but you just you have to have the energy of creativity.
0: Well, it's imagination and it's it's um willing to try different things and willing to mess up this take away oh, this yeah. get this imperfection, like throw it out because you thought it was gonna be this way and Uh, Even today, when I was working with a student, um, it it was this whole thing of she said, uh, what can I do? I messed up. And I said, first of all, this isn't it's only kind of like a a day kind of thing. We're going to be starting another project. But you didn't maybe it turned out differently than you thought. But as you're writing your name and you left a small space and there's one more letter that needs to fit. Maybe the letter's tiny. Maybe it's long and thin. Maybe it's like, it's just different than what you thought it was going to be. You're making it work. And there's beauty in that. So it's so many people are such perfectionists. We've been trained societally that if you're not going to do it right, then don't do it. So when you're willing, in my mind, when you're willing to kind of throw all that out the window and based off of what you said, too, then the creativity is there because it's, it's more open ended. Uh, Yeah. And you
1: can actually use that in your, like I did one and done unedited videos and told people I was doing that because I was embracing imperfections and they should too. So then it really takes the pressure off because, so you get creative about how you do everything to make yourself feel better when you're doing it too. It's just like, all there's all kinds of different ways to use, uh, to tap into creativity, to make it easier, to make it more fun, to make it, um, more productive, like whatever it is that you're trying to do.
0: And understand that everybody is this. So ladies and gentlemen, you are a creative being. We're all creative beings. This isn't only allotted to a certain few. There are people that do different things in different ways and maybe get like a spotlight shown on them or they get more recognition in certain ways. But everybody is this. And when you actually own it, when you actually acknowledge it, when you work it into your life, you are a happier person because of it. You just are.
1: Yeah, and you go from just being a consumer to being a, a you know to creating something. Like when you're when you're being creative, you're creating something authentic from yourself, from your higher self, from you know you're sharing your gifts and stuff, and it is there's nothing nothing feels better than doing that. Just taking in other people's creativity is awesome and you can appreciate it, but it's not the same as creating and you could create whatever you want. It doesn't even have to be something tangible, but you get to create what you want and, um, and w- that creativity is there because we're supposed to use it. We're supposed to tap into it.
0: So as we're getting to the top of the hour before the third and final question, I would love to ask you, do you... Maureen, have any kind of particular morning routine or evening routine?
1: Yeah. So every morning when I wake up, I have a moment in, in bed to see how I'm feeling and assess it or whatever. Sometimes like this morning, I, the road trip was on my mind and my stomach was in knots and stuff. So I did a little bit of um, breath work and I just breathed into it and I distanced myself from the the fears and stuff. And then it just dissipated. And then I was like, okay. So I got up, and then I always go to my chair where my two dogs sit with me and I journal. I write down, especially on the mornings when I wake up and I feel. And I used to just journal all the bad stuff to make me feel better and get it out of my head. But I realized how powerful it is to then write about how powerful I am, incapable. And of what I'm gonna do today and what I can create and the ripple effect that it's gonna have on so many people. When I can really get into that energy, yeah, that feels great. I always walk, either with the dogs or by myself. That's like my movement. I think there needs to be a movement. There's something to do with thought work. Mm. Um, and then something somatic. So um, I have a breath work coach that I do breath work sessions with her, or I might just meditate. Um Sometimes it's having a conversation with myself in the room, because that acting, like the talking, sometimes can really activate something for me and get me going. Um, Singing and dancing, I'm always doing something to get me into that frame of mind. I also read my human design. I did the Gene Keys program a couple of times. I have notes on all that and notes on all the books that I've read. So I don't have to reread the entire book again. Mm-hmm. So I might just grab that and read something of that. But I always start my day with reminding me that living consciously is the number one goal and that everything else comes after that. Such
0: nice, clear action steps. And this whole, this so many different modalities that can come into play. Just oh, the yeah. quiet, the breathing, the writing, the somatic, the the movement, the um the speaking it out. Um, that's there's just so many different ways to do it to really get that out
1: with all with that living consciously. Nice. Yeah. And the EFT, the tapping mm-hmm. is really cool. Um, raw is Ritual Ancient Wisdom. That's a cool thing. Emotion Code. I have all of, all these people come on my podcast to talk about this stuff yeah. so that I can learn about it and then tell my podcast audience. So um, I, I'll experiment. I'll try anything. I've done past life regressions, Akashic record readings, um, and everything has everything has helped me. Yeah, isn't that great? anything I've done that I didn't feel like I got some kind of benefit out of it.
0: That's what it is. It's being open and just gathering this information. Um, so then, how about the evening? Is there anything on the evening end that you do?
1: Um, in the evening, I you I like to have a little downtime before I go to bed. Um, usually, sometimes so a few nights a week, I'll stay up later than my husband because I didn't for twenty years and I love to, and um and I'll watch something on TV that I wouldn't otherwise watch because it's not something he likes. And that is seriously like a huge slice of heaven. And then um, sometimes I'll, if I'm having a hard day or I'm like stressed or whatever, I'll do like another breath work before I go to bed or um, take a little time to meditate, but just a little downtime with the dogs and stuff before I go to bed. I'm a projector in human design. And we're right. supposed to actually sleep by ourselves, which is never going to go over with my husband. Mm-hmm. And I want to sleep with him. Um, but separating when we go to bed and when we wake up, I always wait. I either get up before him to make sure I have time to myself in the other room, or I wait until he gets up. And then I stay in the bedroom just so I can have that time to feel like I'm back in my own aura. And and just, just until I just know when I'm ready to get out of the bed.
0: So this is great. So everybody, this is something if you don't know anything about human design um, and you're just hearing these terms and you're just like, what does that mean? Is this something um, that you people could reach out to you about, Maureen, to learn well, more about for themselves? Well, I don't
1: actually do human design, but I have people in the C4 um, community that do human design, and I actually have a podcast episode with Taylor Veer who explains um, everything about um, human design. My podcast has all the month of July is all about. Starts with um, Taylor Veer and human design. It's all about the different modalities that can help you because anything that you do can't just be thought work. It has to be um, body based too. It's all about the mind body connection. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, But I'm not an expert on human design. I am an expert on living my human designing. I can help people to do that, but I would never be the one to do a reading or something on human design.
0: Yeah, so either way, everybody, if uh, you're interested in finding out more about this, this is definitely something you can reach out to Maureen about. Um, Okay, so third and final question as we wrap up is, why do you think creativity is important?
1: Can you repeat that question?
0: Yeah, sure. Why do you think creativity is important?
1: Gosh, well, because of all the things that we talked about today, like if I'm not tapping into my creativity, I'm not really being authentic. I'm just doing things the way other people are doing it. And I'm not really doing it, like the resonating with what feels right to me. And it it really like, being your authentic self means that you trust yourself to make all the decisions in your life. It means it, it's all about empowerment. So you can't be authentic without being creative. I don't think, and so I, it, it's a must for me because being authentic is the whole purpose of doing the work that I do, and then empowering other people to do it because there's nothing better in life when like, I mean, in my early 50s, I was really feeling irrelevant. I was starting to feel invisible. I was gaining weight. I didn't feel good about myself. I didn't feel like I had anything to say or anything to offer. I was really going downhill. And to be where I am at 60 now, and how amazing it feels. It's like there's so now I just have to tell everybody else that this is available to you. Because if you were as low as I was, in my in my early fifties, anybody can do this work, and and it doesn't matter how old you are.
0: Doesn't matter how old. Take the age it
1: out. Really of it. doesn't. Yeah, it really doesn't.
0: I always love the order of these questions. I have to say because even though the third question question may sound repetitive, and in it always it always um uh, it always just comes together in a deeper way. So there is some, a little bit of the repeating of it, but then it's just this, this bigger realization. So you just wrap that up so beautifully. So Maureen, how can people connect with you?
1: So I have a website, www.thebrainbs.com. And on that website, there's a course. There's courses there. There's a Brain BS community. There's a collaborative capital coaching community. That's a directory on my website. Well, there, for the coaches, there's a, a page for them if they want to be a part of that community. But there's also a directory on my website for people who are maybe looking to hire a coach. I associate myself with coaches who are transparent about their pricing, who sell with integrity, and who put service ahead of money um, and, and make that first so mm-hmm. I like to help other people when they're hiring coaches mm-hmm. to um, be empowered in the process and educate them on how to do it and okay. to specifically know what they're looking for mm-hmm. from that Um. so yeah so I'm kind of your go-to person I can help anybody find what they need actually that's kind of what it's starting to feel like <laughs> you can yep. you are the go-to go-to Maureen oh yep. So
0: Maureen, before we say goodbye, is there anything top of mind, anything that you feel like you're like, I wish I said that?
1: No, I don't think so. I, I, do, I just want to say that like learning to live consciously, it, it puts you in a position to have much better relationships in your life and you could do all this work. And if you don't have quality relationships and you're, and you're not like in a community, or you don't have anyone in your life, then it's not it does. This is the whole point of doing the work, because we learn with our relationship with ourselves and with other people. So I just, there's a, a person came on my podcast, Susan page, and she talks about the power of one, and about how you can change a relationship all by yourself, even if the other person doesn't want to. That's how empowering being one individual who's living consciously, it's you get to create whatever you want. So I just commit to that, first and foremost, and I think everything else follows.
0: Perfect way to end. Maureen, thank you so much for being here. I am so happy that I met you.
1: Thanks for having me on the podcast. It was fun. And I'm glad I met you too. (laughs) Bye, everybody.
0: I believe these conversations have always been important, but now I think that they are more important than ever. Please like, follow, share, spread the goodness because people really need to hear these messages in order to be able to see themselves in them, in order to be able to hear these people's stories, in order to be able to expand their thinking. It is so important to really understand that creativity is life. And everybody has creativity within them. To find out more about what we offer, go to IamCreativePhilly.com. And you will see that there are services from publishing, multi-author and solo books, kits, workshops, and retreats to creativity one-on-one coaching. So if you are ready to unleash your voice, break through your blocks and confidently share your story, I cannot wait to help you birth your ideas into the world.